Good morning. Good morning and uh, welcome to our Sunday celebration service once again. And for those watching online, we welcome you too. Thank you, Pastor Ras, for this uh, opportunity. Really appreciate that. Uh, before we go into the word, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you're so amazing, you're so wonderful, you're so loving and so compassionate. And this morning, thank you for this opportunity you've given us to be able to come here and to listen from your word. Lord, make our hearts tender this morning and receptive so that we can receive the seed of your word that you are trying to get us today. Lord, you give us the wisdom, understanding of your word. Anoint me, Lord, as I speak. And Holy Spirit, you be our teacher. You be our guide. You be our minister today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How are you doing? Okay? Right. A few weeks ago, myself and uh, my wife, Jaya, we, we went out to uh, a resort to spend uh, a much-awaited three-day break. And this was uh, in a countryside area. And we uh, had to travel for about two hours by road. And uh, uh, towards the end of the journey, we had to leave the motorway and go on a countryside road to go to the resort. And that road, my God, that road was so treacherous, I would say, so, so narrow and you know, winding, zigzag, and there was hardly any space for any other oncoming traffic. And we were just praying and we were just asking God to help us because in case a truck comes from the other side, then we are stuck. So, but God was with us, he helped us, and uh, in 15 minutes we reached the place. That 15 minutes seemed like an hour, like an hour. but we eventually reached there. And we uh, told the resort manager about that road, and you know, and but he said, you know, you shouldn't have taken that road because there's another road, which is much, much, much easier, much shorter, and less stressful. And we said we didn't know that there's another road. He said, no, no, there is another road. So we said, okay, next uh, day we'll explore that road, and we indeed went and found that road, and it was remarkably easier, much easier much shorter, and within five minutes, we were at the, on the motorway. But you know what? We did not know that that road existed at all. Now we know, but at that time, we never knew. And that's the same thing with our lives as well. In our lives, there are different ways we can live our lives. But there's only one way that we can live a blessed life. So whether or not we live a blessed life is determined by the direction that we choose to go, by the, by the route we take, by the path we decide to adopt. Therefore, it is very important that we choose that path wisely. Can you say amen? Because people live their lives in different ways, but the question is, do they live a blessed life? You know, I heard about this uh, tombstone on a grave in a cemetery, 
and uh, there was something written on the tombstone, you know, as though the person who's in the grave or who died has written it. And this is what it said. It said, pause, my friend, as you walk by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you will be. Prepare, my friend, to follow me. A few days later, a few days later, somebody had scribbled something below what was over there. And this is what they scribbled below that. It said, to follow you is not my intent until I know which way you went. So that's funny, isn't it? Because how true it is, because we do not know how other people have lived their lives. We don't know. You know, there may be many ways to live our lives, but there is only one way to a blessed life. And that's why we have the word of God to help us make the right choice. And one of the places where this is explained very clearly is in Psalm 1. This is obviously the first psalm of the 150 psalms. It's a very short psalm. It's one of my favorite psalms. Only six verses, but each verse is so very profound. So let's start by reading this short psalm together. Just verses 1 to verse 6. Let's read together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now this morning, I just want to look at the first three verses. The psalm begins with the word blessed. You know, the Amplified Version describes the word bless, blessed as, as favored, as fortunate, as prosperous. You know, in the Hebrew language, the word blessed denotes a very high intensity. So if I ask you today, how are you feeling today? You would normally reply, I'm feeling good. But what that denotes is, you would say, I'm feeling very, 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 amazingly, wonderfully good. That's the kind of heightened intensity that the word blessed is described as in the Hebrew language. It's the extreme level of happiness and joy. Amen. Most people think of happiness or blessedness in terms of what they have or what they have achieved. They think being blessed is having a lot of money or being blessed is you know, having a lot of status or being blessed is uh, having a great, good, healthy body. But that's not the case because we see rich people 
celebrities, a lot of status, people who are health freaks who live a miserable life. That's not called a blessed life. Because blessedness is not found in what we have, but in who we are. It's found in how we live our life and who we know. Which means that happiness and blessedness is not a something that comes by chance. It's something that comes by choice. And that's what we find in Psalm 1. So Psalm 1 begins by telling us where happiness is not found. Because there is a life, there is a road, there is a pathway which does not lead to joy, which does not lead to happiness. So verse 1, if you look at verse 1, it says, The blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked. He does not stand in the path of sinners. He does not sit in the seat of scoffers or bonkers. Note that the verse says man, but of course it's referring to both men and women. But here we see three groups, don't we? We see three groups. We see one is the wicked. We see one, the second one is the sinners. And the third we see is the scoffers. They have all one thing in common. And what is that? That one thing is a total disregard for the things of God. Total disregard for the word of God. Total disregard for the ways of God. You see, the further away from God's, uh, the further away from God that a person moves away from in their thinking, in their living, the further away they will move from being happy, from being blessed. So if you see the first part of verse 1, it says, the blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So the blessed man is very careful as to who he listens to, who he takes advice from, who he takes counsel from. He's very careful to see who he allows to influence his thinking. Because there is no shortage of people who are willing to give advice, isn't it? There's no shortage of people who claim to be so-called experts. But when you listen to the wrong people, when you listen to the wrong advice, then their influence will eventually affect our thinking. And then our thinking will influence the way that we will live our lives. Because our thoughts, they give they give birth to action. And our behavior slowly but surely begins to start changing. And we find ourselves doing things that we would normally not do. We find ourselves associating with people that we would normally not associate with. And that's the problem. The more we walk in ungodly counsel, and the more we allow this world to influence our thinking and behave accordingly, our lives will begin to operate on a different level, on a different set of principles, which is not right and which is not holy. 
The second part of verse 1 says, The blessed man does not stand in the way of sinners. Now this doesn't mean that you obstruct, you stand in their way, you obstruct the sinners. No. What it means, it means is it to walk in their path. To walk in the same path as sinners do. To live a life like the sinners do. To have a lifestyle similar to what the sinners have. I heard this story about this, you know, this amazing uh, bird. You know, the canary bird, it's uh, supposed to be a bird that sings uh, with a beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, sound. Um, so he had this bird in a cage in the house. And this bird would sing beautifully. But when summer came, it became very hot. The man thought, let's, let's put this bird outside. Let's hang this cage on the tree outside so that you know, it gets some fresh air, some sunlight, some change for it. So it goes and puts the cage on a tree. And soon, other birds come. Sparrows, for instance, they come and they get attracted to that cage. And initially, that, the, the songbird is very scared, but slowly it, it begins to get used to the other birds coming in. Now, months, months pass, and one very sad thing happens, and that is because of all those sparrows around that canary bird, that bird began to lose its beautiful song. Its song slowly turned into similar, something similar to the twitter and the chirping of the sparrows. Because what happened was spending that much time in the wrong environment, it caused that bird to lose its finest song. And that is very true for us as well. You know, when we associate with people like for a lengthy time of, lengthy duration of time, say if someone, your friend for instance, is always negative, you know, you, are, you, you keep on, you, you be, you're being with that person for a long, long time, you can tend to be negative, you become negative too. If a person is gossiping all the time and you uh, spend time with that person for a, on, a, on a lengthy basis, you know, eventually you will start gossiping as well. That's the power of influence. That's the power of influence. You know, but therefore, the blessed man, he does not spend a lot of time with those who habitually cross the boundaries that God has set for our lives. That's the difference. That's what a blessed man does not do. And thirdly, in the same verse, verse 1, the blessed man or woman does not sit in the seat of scoffers or mockers. This means to belong or become part of that group. You know, in other words, we identify with those who mock godliness. So the blessed man does not allow himself to be counted among those who mock, who ridicule, who make fun of those things that are good, of those things that are right, of those things that are moral, of those things that are godly. Have you noticed the progression that's taking place in this first verse? Have you noticed it? Noticed it? What is happening it? If you see the verse again, 
He says it starts with walking and then it moves to standing and then it moves to or culminates in sitting. So what does that tell us? It speaks of a slow but steady movement leading to a greater level of comfort and acceptance of what is not good and what is not right. It shows the subtle changes taking place. It shows the subtle influence that takes place in our lives. It's a progression from bad to worse. So the blessed man or woman doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But what does the blessed man do instead? That is in verse 2. If you look at verse 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. So if we want to enjoy a blessed life, the word of God is, is key. And this verse tells us two facts about the blessed person. Number one is, he meditates on God's word, not just once, but continually. Continuously meditating. Doesn't just, doesn't just read the word just once or you know, just as a casual reading, but he meditates on it. Meditating on the word is speaking to oneself throughout the day, about what we have read. So we read a verse and then we think about it. We talk to ourselves about it. We chew on that one verse all through. Because, you know, it's not possible to, to carry your Bible wherever you go. It's not possible to keep looking at your mobile phone wherever you go. But even if you are in, in the company of other people, you could still mutter under your, under, your, under your voice. You could still mutter and you can mutter the verses that you have memorized and meditate on it. You know, people might find you, might say, might think you're crazy. Doesn't matter. They are crazy. So when they are crazy, doesn't matter if they think that you are crazy. So meditating on the word of God is very important. You know, we might, we might have heard the example of the cow that, that uh, chews its own cud. You know, when uh, we see a cow, it's always, always, Chewing, it's always, it's always, his mouth is always moving, you know, uh, because the cow, it's, it's the enzymes in the stomach are not that strong to digest the food. So what the cow does is it takes the food, the grass or whatever, and it starts chewing it, and then it swallows it. But because the enzymes are not good enough, it brings that food up again, and again begins to chew the same food. And again swallows it. And it keeps doing this again and again and again and again. They say that an average cow spends about eight hours a day just doing this. And they say it makes about 40,000 40, jaw movements in a day. Imagine us doing that. 40,000 jaw movements in a day. Impossible. But... That's, that's what it is. That's, that's how the, the cow has to do it because it, it cannot digest the food otherwise. 
And that's what we need to do with the word of God. We need to keep chewing it in order to digest that word, squeeze the nutrients from that word. It's impossible to squeeze all the nutrients from the word of God because that's eternal. But when we squeeze, you know, we, we receive uh, nutrients, spiritual nutrients in our, in our soul, in our spirit. Imagine what our spiritual health will be if we take one verse in the morning and if we chew on that one verse, say, 100 times a day, or maybe 50 times a day if that's too much, or about 10 times a day, will that make a difference to your spiritual life? It will. See, if a cow doesn't do what it does, it will soon become sick, and it will soon die. That's how the cow is made. It has to do it. But that is what will happen to us as well, to our spiritual health as well if we do not meditate on God's word. It's time to start chewing on God's word. It's time to start taking God's word and digesting it in our lives. Rather than listening to godless counsel of this world, we should instead listen to the wise counsel of the life-giving word of God. That's the one we, should, we need to choose. The second part of uh, the second fact, rather, about a blessed man is that they delight in God's word. You know, the word delight is significant. It doesn't speak of an obligation. It doesn't speak of something that's forced upon you, but it speaks of a desire within. It speaks of enjoyment. It's not something that is forced upon us, but it is a tremendous joy to do it. See, no one needs to force me to have ice cream because I love ice cream. So it doesn't matter whether you force me or not, I will still have it because I have that tremendous delight when I have ice cream. Somebody else might have a delight to go to the gym and work out in the gym. We don't need to tell them to do that. They will go anyway. Somebody might have a delight to walk early morning, go for a walk, you know, enjoy the fresh air. No one needs to force them to do that. They will do it anyway because they love to do it. They get some enjoyment. They get some, they get some what, what's that word? They get a kick, a kick out of it, isn't it? They get a kick out of it. So the person who is truly blessed is the one who has come to find his delight in God. Because true happiness comes when we desire God only and we desire and long for him only. So the question this morning is, what is the bigger influence in your lives? Is it the world or is it the word? If your delight is in the world, then you will surely seek the counsel of the wicked. You will walk in the way of the sinners. You will sit in the seat of the scornful. And what will happen is the world will influence your thinking, your living, your lifestyle, and ultimately your identity. But if your delight is in God's word, because the God of the word is your treasure and you value that word, then what will happen? Your thinking, your living, your identity will be formed and shaped by God's word. Because in verse 3, if you look at verse 3, it says, the person who delights in and meditates on God's word will be like what? Like a tree firmly planted. 
not just planted just not like that firmly planted deep rooted and where planted by the streams of living water which yields fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever he does he prospers see for a tree to grow strong for a tree to grow healthy it must be firmly planted in the ground and the roots need to go deep underground for stability you know try taking out a tree try uprooting a tree it's hard work it's it's, it's very very difficult why because it, of the stability that it has because its roots have gone right underneath the ground so the psalmist is saying here that that that, that we the, this is an image of a strength of stability of security like a tree that's planted firmly in the ground but you know what this tree did not plant itself someone planted it someone planted the tree so just as a tree must be planted we must be planted as well and the tree is planted besides us streams of living water which is the word of god and that will bring nourishment and that will bring strength to our soul therefore we must intentionally not accidentally but intentionally root our lives in god and when we do that what will happen we'll find that god will supply all our needs he will provide whatever we need to prosper to be happy whatever we need to be blessed if we do that we will find strength and stability we will have the unending supply into which we can tap into and then we will find that we are being used by god god will begin to use our lives our lives will bear fruit and produce spiritual fruit as well so verse 3 also says which bears fruit in its season you know they say if a tree yields fruits out of the season then it's possible that it won't ripen it won't mature but it will still say raw and immature but a blessed person will bear fruit as they grow and as they mature through the understanding of the word of god and then verse 3 also says whose leaf does not wither now this is a picture of a fulfilled and a lasting life not a short lived life that means a tree which is us is well nourished so when the leaves start to grow when the leaves begin to grow they don't die the next day because of lack of water or because of lack of nutrition but they grow they grow and they flourish the tree planted by the streams of living water is the picture of a spiritually healthy person of course there could be problems there could be challenges in our lives but there is still stability there is still nourishment through the word of god for us and that can never be taken away from us so it's like when although the sun is shining harshly on the tree because it is planted by the stream of water it still receives the valuable nutrients the food the water to still grow and flourish and bear fruit 
So in closing, verse 3 of Psalm 1 says, and all that he does, what happens? Prospers. Now, all that we have looked at in this psalm is actually spiritual. It's all spiritual. We're not looking at anything physical here. So we're not talking about the physical, financial prosperity here. Take the example of the tree. Who does a tree prosper for? Who does the tree prosper for? Does the tree prosper for itself? Does the tree eat its own fruit? And who does the tree prosper for? It, well, it prospers for others, doesn't it? For It prospers, it gives shade to people. It bears fruit so people can partake of that fruit as well. So a tree prospers for others. In the same way, you, a blessed person, will also prosper. Not for yourself, but for others. Others will be blessed when we live a life that is pleasing to God. And others will eat the fruit that we will bear. So if today, this morning, if you're feeling a bit weak or dry or malnourished, then my advice to you is remember, the stream of water is still there. It's not gone anywhere. The stream of water is next to you. But the question is, are you drinking from that stream of water? That's the question. Are your roots reaching deep inside so as to reach out to that stream of living water? Are you drinking regularly from the Word of God? Are you meditating on it like you should? Are you reading the Word of God just for information? Or are you reading it for transformation? So we need to examine ourselves and see what is influencing our lives. Is it the Word or is it the world? And I would encourage you to get in the Word and get the Word in you. And we can begin today. We can begin, we know, with just these three verses that we saw today. We can begin with those verses. When you go home, we just go to those verses, you know, keep talking to yourself. Say, I am, I am a tree planted by the streams of living water, which will bear fruit in its season, whose leaves will not wither. Whatever I do shall prosper. You know, keep meditating on that, that verse throughout the rest of the day. That's called meditating. And you will see, you will see change in you. You know, God mentioned to Joshua, didn't he? In Joshua 1.8, what did he say to Joshua? He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So when you have the word of God in you by meditating on the word, daily, no matter what the situation is, you will find yourself being successful. People around you will lose it. People around you will be defeated. People around you will give up. But you will still stand strong. You will still be favored. You will still be happy. You will still be fortunate. And you will continue to live a blessed life. Can you say amen? Did this help anyone this morning? Okay, let's close our eyes and let's, let's pray.
Let's thank the Lord for his word today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we need your help, Lord. Without you, we, we can do nothing. We need your help, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be that tree that's planted by the streams of living water, which will bear fruit in its seasons, and whose leaves will not wither. And all that we will do will then prosper according to your word. Lord, help us, Lord, that we do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor that we stand in the way of sinners, nor that we sit in the seat of mockers. But then, Lord, we delight in your word, and we meditate on your word. Help us, Lord, Father. We are weak vessels. So you come and you help us. I pray for each one of us who is in this room and those watching online. Lord, we thank you for your word. We purpose, Lord, not just to be hearers of your word this morning, but also doers of your word. We give you praise once again. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I ask the worship team to please come? And can we all stand for a moment, please? Hallelujah. You see, if you are here in this room or if you are watching online and you haven't invited Jesus to become your personal savior, then I would like to give you an opportunity this morning to do so. You know, just think what would happen today if, you know, you go, go to sleep and then don't wake up tomorrow. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's no way you can get into heaven. The other alternative is hell. And that's the place of, of despair. That's the place of uh, loneliness. And it's true. And that's why Jesus came and he came to save us. He came to, uh, he came and gave his life for, for you and I so that we don't have to go there. But we have this choice to make. And we, all that we have to do is just surrender to Jesus and say to him, Jesus, I surrender to you. Forgive all my sins and, you know, I want to make you my personal savior. So this morning, if that's you, with all your heart, genuinely, if you, if you want to say that prayer, I would invite you to repeat the prayer after me. Don't lose this opportunity. You may not get this opportunity again. So I would encourage you to invite Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So, say this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I know that I am a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for this new life. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. If you pray this prayer for the very first time from your heart, then well done. From this moment, from the moment that you invited Jesus into your life, you have been forgiven. All your sins have been forgiven, past, present, and future, by the blood of Jesus and by the grace of God. If you are here in this room and if you have said that prayer from your heart, you can raise your hand and one of our leaders will come and, and speak to you about the next steps. If you're watching online, 
uh, please leave a comment on uh, the on the on the place there on the website, and then someone will contact you. But thank you once again. I shall now let the worship team take over. Thank you.